The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Kirsten Levitt of Stone Soup Cafe. And I'm so excited to have you here, Kirsten. So thank thank you you for coming on. Tara, it's such a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to have you here, too. And I'm Mm. excited for a lot of the listeners to hear about Stone Soup Cafe, learn about Stone Soup Cafe. Um, And for those of you that don't know about it, um, they're in Greenfield, um, right on... Main Street. Yep. yep. Corner of Main and Hope. Yep. Which is kind of perfect for a place like Stone Soup Cafe. Um, but would you mind kicking this off by telling us a little bit about Stone Soup Cafe? Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. So Stone Soup Cafe has been in existence for 12 years. Um, it is a pay-what-you-can community cafe that operates on Saturdays um, from noon until 1.30. So we serve lunch every single Saturday in Greenfield. Ever since the pandemic, we have a delivery model as well as a curbside pickup model. And we miss the days of when we could all sit down around tables and eat in our dining room. However, those days we served maybe 200 meals. And now we serve 600 to 700 meals every single Saturday on delivery and curbside pickup. So there's no room at the end to sit down (laughs) and eat. But the food is still just as nutritious, delicious, edible, and incredible every single week that we ensure that it goes out. And so how many people are coming in to eat those meals versus being delivered out? Um, We deliver about 60% of our meals to people who cannot make it into Greenfield. We deliver to over 20 towns in Franklin County. Um, We have a 100% volunteer delivery driver team um, and they ebb and flow every single week. And then we have about somewhere between um, 90 and 120 individuals or individual with family members coming and picking up their meals at curbside. That's amazing. And so do you have your own building at the corner of Maine and Hope is, are you, are you in a church? Let's talk about that space. So we, we occupy the basement of All Souls Church. which is on the corner of uh, Main Street and Hope Street. So we have the corner on Hope. Um, and we've been in that building for 13 years. Uh, we, we, the community renamed uh, the cafe, Stone Soup Cafe, 12 years ago in June. It was 12, our 12th anniversary, so very excited. What was um, it called before it was? It was called Stone the Let All Eat Cafe. Let All Eat. The Let All Eat Cafe, and it's originally started in Montague, with um, Zen um, peacemaker and Zen American Zen master Bernie Glassman, and um, his student, um, famous actor, Academy Award winner Jeff Bridges. Um, And Jeff gave Bernie the seed money to create a community cafe which served people with dignity. Bernie noticed that when you went to a soup kitchen, you would be served with lots of love, but not a lot of dignity. And so Bernie had different ways in which he wanted to bring dignity to the community. And one way was not to segregate people who needed food and couldn't afford it and people who could afford the food and still needed it because we all need food right it's a basic human right right and we can't exist without it for very long so 
Bernie really worked hard on ensuring that people who wanted to come and volunteer and then eat the meal together, regardless of what their ability was to pay, could do so, that people who wanted to donate foodstuffs to the meal could do so, um, that people who wanted to get to know one another could sit down around a table together and network with one another, that people had choice about what they were putting on their plate or not. And um, that people had an opportunity after the meal to sit together and do something called council circle, which was a it's a practice of listening and speaking from the heart that borrows heavily from Native American spirituality and practices, but also is alive in the Zen community and the Buddhist community. And is that kind of like a pass the mic sort of like it's talking you, stick. yeah yeah you sit in a circle yeah. you could have a talking stick and um and it really has some really interesting tenets like be lean of speech uh, meaning don't don't hog you know, the mic don't hog the mic but also <laughs> but also like get to the get get to the heart of what's happening for you yeah um and it also has some other tenets such as um speak from the heart which means don't pre-plan and listen from the heart. Really allow what someone else is saying to 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 be heard with your whole being, and of course, you know, to keep things confidential. Um, so you might consider it kind of twelve steppy, except that there's none of the there's none of that other precepts or slogans that go along or rules that go along with, say, a recovery twelve step meeting or something like that. It's more a listening practice, and it's a way to understand each other and just be together in a room. And you could. It, it was something that was magical and wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's it, a lot of emotional intelligence properties, too. Yes. And it's it, we used that, the council circle, when we had the community name and go through um, another kind of circle practice, which is sociocracy. They went through a socio, uh, sociocratic um, naming of the cafe, and they did it over four or five meetings, and then a consensus was agreed that Stone Soup was the name of the cafe. So it, it, everything, it, bizarrely, comes back around again, which sounds circular. No pun <laughs> Lots intended. Of circles, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so was Bernie from the area, from Montague? No. Bernie um, was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, he's a Jewish man who then um, became a Buddhist um, priest and... Um, was highly revered for many, many, many years, um, and he put a, put down his priestly robes um, and had um, compatriots that were also Buddhist Zen Buddhist masters who came up with the idea of socially engaged Buddhism, um, which is turning towards humanity. Um, and they created the three tenets, which is to open yourself, right, to practice openness, which is letting go of fixed ideas. And then the second is to bear witness, and that's bearing witness to the joy and suffering of the world. And then the third tenant is to move into loving action. And so for Bernie, using his tenants and his experiences in myriad soup kitchens all over the United States and abroad, he really felt that the loving action was to get rid of the word soup kitchen and to create a community cafe where people were treated like people and that every single person counts. 
and that there was no striations, so no differences um, because you couldn't afford something, especially around social economics, but also his idea that every single person had value and worth and that if we just sat down together that we would learn that. Mm-hmm. And it was it was ext- he was a he was my teacher in that I worked at the cafe as a volunteer almost from day 1 and um and just listening to him and, and being in his presence taught. I never actually sat with him as my teacher. I just have to really be honest with that. My um the co-founder Ariel Pliskin was one of um, was one of Bernie's students and brought a lot of these practices to life in the cafe, and I got to learn from him as well. And so I have nothing but gratitude because it it has helped me grow and look at the world with more compassion and more understanding and more empathy. And therefore, I'm available to step up and say how can I help yeah and I think that's really what's needed right is it's we all have the same needs same wants same desires and so if you break it down on that really cellular level right um, you know you see more of the similarities than the differences for sure and uh, all of that informed our mission you know our mission is to create a community space where everyone comes together to share nourishment um, connection and learning for body mind and spirit and we knew, and even now with curbside, we still know that we're nourishing people, not just with food, but with being able to be one with one another outside at on the pickup line. We provide music and art installations. We check in with people every single week. We know people's names. They're people. And they're our beloved community members. And and we know that we raise spirits with our welcoming culture and so we know we know that the our mission is is much more than just putting nourishment in the body it's it's for everything including learning and we do a lot of outreach as well around learning and i think that is really important you know it's not just about one piece i mean i'm sure you see it in the the folks that come to visit you at stone soup it's not just about needing the food, right? There's usually other mm-hmm. things that are needed or circumstances that are rising up that yeah. happen. I'm so glad that you said that because when the pandemic started, we had just one program, our meal program. And of course, because of the shelter in place, we had to move from curbside, from indoor to curbside and delivery. So I'll tell you more about our other programs when we come back. That would be great. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with Kirsten Lovett of Stone Soup Cafe in Greenfield, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Kirsten Levitt, who is the co-chef and co-director of Stone Soup Cafe in Greenfield, technically at 399 Main Street, but as uh, Kirsten just said, everyone enters through the red door on Hope, and maybe one day we'll have <laughs> their, your own address on, on the red door, but... Um, 
I think it's great that you're on Hope Street because you give so many people hope and light um, and love. So I think that's perfect. But right before we broke, we were just about to talk about the new programs that arose out of the pandemic. Um, and so not only are you doing food, as you were talking about earlier, but you're providing other services. So please Absolutely. let us know what else you're you're doing over there. So really, really early on um, in the shelter in place back in. March of 2020 and April of 2020, our guests um, started saying, "Um, do you guys have extra food? You always used to share extra food when we came in and ate. And um, I got permission from the Food Bank of Western Massachusetts to start ordering extra. And there were emergency food boxes. And we just set up a makeshift pantry, food pantry, on the street on Hope Street and we and and our community free store was born um, and the community the community free store is now three years old um, and when they when we first started we probably had you know 20 or 30 people coming every single week and picking up uh, groceries and whatever we could possibly find Today, we see between 90 and 120 families and during the same hours that we do our curbside. So from noon until 1.30. And this program is not just um, groceries, but also personal care items. And in the wintertime, we order socks and coats and gloves and hats and scarves for people who need those supplies. And if we can get backpacks before going, you know, before the back to school starts or even just at the beginning, we'll give those out to families as well. But also people who menstruate need products and those are not covered by um, supplemental programs. And um, people need soap and laundry detergent and cleaning supplies, and those are not covered by supplemental programs either. And so we do provide those as well as um, frozen proteins and shelf-stable items and dairy items and just about anything we can find and get. We are we are liaising with many different um, entities now, the food bank plus others to ensure that our community has choice and that they can also get what they need at our really free store. And so folks know that they can come and not only get a free meal Mm -hmm. on Saturday, but that they can come and shop at the the free store. Yeah, and so the free store, it's really, really free and we won't take any donation. And the meal, we absolutely will take whatever you choose to pay. It's really your choice. Um, You can, if you have means and you're able to pay for someone else, Please do, and if you um, and if you have some smaller means and you just want to make a small donation, please do. And if you can't, please eat, and and, and please eat is for every level of of what people can do. Um, and we have online giving as well as um, our ability to process uh, digital transactions as well as receiving cash or checks. Yeah, and um, I'm just 
going to say one thing uh, that I loved the other day that I received the call out for new donors. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all and how that campaign went, but um, I became a new donor um, recently to Stone Soup because of the last campaign that you did, the challenge. In June, we ran a um, Can We Get to 50 New Donor Challenge. And um, we actually got to 63. Thank you very much, Tara. Thank you for your participation. (laughs) Um, And many of them became recurring donors. Um, And so I think it's a lot of times people think it's um, gauche to say what it costs to produce a meal. But I can tell you, based on last year's numbers, last year we did... um, 29,748 meals is the number. And based on our total budget, we uh, know that it cost us $15.02 per meal. So if somebody wants to pay for a $15 meal, they can. And if they want to pay it forward for someone else to eat that meal, we have a, we have a, a pay for a neighbor campaign as well. Um, or if they just want to support so that we know that we have regular donations coming in, individual donations are still our largest way to fund our operation. And um, it it's really interesting because I remember the year that we were in operation, I think it was 2015 or 16, where we got to 6,000 meals. And I was like over the moon. Oh, my goodness. We did 6,000 meals in 52 weeks plus Thanksgiving. Like I was over the moon. We did five times that last year. And our numbers continue to grow because the current economic status is such that people don't have means. Um, Salaries have not kept up with inflation. People have gone into debt. We live, uh, Franklin County is a very rural county, and uh, rural counties take longer to survive an economic devastation, and the pandemic created economic devastation. And so, and also when you live in a rural county, you need things like a car mm-hmm. and gas. And it takes longer to get places. Yeah. Because it's you not have as to, easy. The resources right. are not as available. Absolutely. Not so, as many mom, it's, it's really, it's a really interesting. Um, balancing act that happens in in our county and we're so pleased that we're able to be there for our community and that that June campaign was amazingly successful and we were so uh, touched by people stepping up and and becoming new donors and you also had a match is that correct we had had... matches yeah Yeah. we had matches from local businesses and um, individuals um, it was Richardson's I think oh at the the farmers co-op up on Federal Street and several other individuals and yes it it yeah. was really really great community it effort. It was a community effort yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah. And so um you know, if people want to learn more about Stone Soup Cafe, do you have a website? We sure do. It's um so easy. It's the stonesoupcafe.org. And um on that website, you can sign up to volunteer with us. We need volunteers all the time. We start cooking on Fridays. And the free store has all kinds of organization stuff that happens on Fridays as well. And um, remember, we're we're processing food for up to 700 meals. And so it takes lots of hands and lots of hours because 
we're not opening cans. We're not defrosting frozen food um, that, you know, like your frozen vegetables. We're not doing that. We're processing all fresh food that is either donated or, or purchased so that our neighbors can consume really healthy, nutritious, delicious, edible, incredible food. And so it says you are the co-chef and co-director. So what does it mean to be <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm still the executive chef, although I have a co-chef who subs in for me, who's also um, an instructor at our Culinary Institute, which is another program. But I'll tell you about the, the other... the. Um, so I had been the sole executive director um, for several years, and this year, with an explosion of programs um, and professionalization and more staffing required in the last, say, 18 months, it really became apparent that we needed more than one director. And um, I didn't want to have somebody who didn't have the same title as me. So I have a co-director. Her name is Ashley Kramer. She's amazing. I love working with her. She, um, she takes care of a lot of our grants. And she also um, is the program manager of the free store. And she does all things happy and communicative <laughs> out to our out out to our all of our volunteers and our staff and our we have some volunteers that they don't they don't take money but they're like staff and so we send out weekly updates to everyone what's happening and um and she's very organized and that helps me because you know you have I'm very creative I can be <laughs> very organized but she keeps me on track and I'm so grateful to everything that she does yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's she's really amazing. Important. And then um, I'm still the executive chef. However, I have Brandon Shanty, who's my co-chef, and he is amazing and wonderful. And I'll tell you all about the Culinary Arts Institute in a couple of seconds, but yeah. it's it's quite the program. Yeah, and um, it was a pleasure, too. I can't wait to, to tell a little bit about my experience there when I got to to see your program in action but we're already at the time when we need to take another break so you've been listening to the western mass business show i'm tara brewster and i'm here with kirsten levitt of stone soup cafe in greenfield and we'll be right back the western mass business show with tara brewster whmp the western mass business show with tara brewster whmp Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Kirsten Lovett of Stone Soup Cafe in Greenfield, located at 399 Main Street, um, but you'll find them through the red door on Hope Street. Um, and it's quite an amazing program, as we've been hearing from Kirsten. Um, and I think now we're going to hear about the Culinary Institute, which is kind of the third leg of mm. the chair, right? Mm -hmm. um, in the programming that's been developing over 12 years at Stone Soup. Yes, thank you. So um, the Culinary Institute was a dream of mine, conceived around my dining room table because that's where we used to have stone soup board meetings, was at my house because then I could feed everybody dinner, myself included. <laughs> and um, I can remember. I love seeing, it. I know, it's right? It's like so small nonprofit and like just so right. granular and entrepreneurial. Right. And e Even when there were eight or ten of us sitting around the table, it was still like... But, 
Let's but that's have, how you get it done. You yeah. know, you just get it done where you need to get it done for whatever reason, and you just make it happen. Yeah, and we and we did, and we sure did. Um, so I can remember saying, you know, I if I want people to learn how to cook, people don't know how to cook, and I want to, I you know, I want to use the old adage. If you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, right? So if you give a, if you give somebody some food, they're going to eat for a day. But if you teach them how to work with food, they'll they'll eat for the rest of their life, right? Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to create this culinary institute. Um, this was even before MGM had their culinary institute down at HCC. The HCC did have a program, but there was no program in Franklin County other than the tech school's high school program. And I really wanted to have a program that adults could participate in. Well, you know that fantastic person, Ashley Kramer, that I was telling you about, my co-director, when she she first started working for me, there was a grant through the state of Massachusetts called um, uh, the Community Empowerment and Reinvestment Program. And we wrote this grant on her second day of work in a seven-hour <laughs> marathon because there was a deadline and we, you know. Isn't that the worst it, when you stumble upon those grants and you're like, um, that's in 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> it was totally like that. But for some reason, this is how I knew that Ashley was like my, I don't know, like my savior, my other half, my my compatriot we could finish each other's sentences and we could take sections and we just seven hour marathoned. And in that vision, not only was support for the free store and the pro and the meal program, but there was the creation of the Culinary Institute. And it was a Hail Mary and we sent it in. And do you know, we won that award, (laughs) $300,000 award. That's amazing. That, um, put $150,000 towards the food programs and $150,000 to create the Culinary Institute. Well, now it was like, okay. That game was, on. It was, it was game <laughs> on. It was January 4th, and they were telling us we had the money, and um, we had to spend it and graduate people by June 30th. Yep. Um, we Fill did, that roster. <laughs> we, we did create the program. And we did we did take one small extension because we graduated five students in August of um, 2022, and um, and then we we got a second grant. The city of Greenfield stepped up and um, helped, sponsored us for an urban agenda grant, and um, for a hundred thousand dollars. And we ran the institute again, taking all of our learnings from the first time. And we graduated five more people um, in May. And I want you to talk about your experience (laughs) with that because you were invited to their capstone. So go ahead. Yeah, well, I I feel very lucky to have been invited. So thank you so much. Tom Mashako and I um, did not know what we were in for when we walked over there, for sure. Um, I did maybe a little bit. He definitely did not. And walking in there through the red door, 
um, into your space um, at the bottom of the church was just absolutely beautiful. I mean, it was welcoming and warm. There was art on the walls and pictures and really inspirational sayings. But um, after you get through the the welcoming and the greeting, you were escorted to a table. Um, So it was a really beautiful, well curated dining experience, you know, with tablecloths and nice setting and and um silverware and it just it just was elegant and beautiful and really magical and not something (laughs) that i expected to walk into and then after that you know you were surrounded by all of these wonderful community members um that you all had also invited as guests and we were it was it was like being in a five-star restaurant (laughs) i mean it was like these beautiful dishes kept coming out and um, the the servers and the presentation and the explanation of what we were eating and where it was from. I mean, it was just so divine, the whole thing. Um, and that was the capstone for, for your second graduating class, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, so Chef Brandon Shanty and Chef Amy Francis were the instructors for the second cohort. And Amy used to own Belly of the Beast with her partner, Jesse, um, here in Northampton. Um, and once they closed the eatery, we, we, we asked her if she would be interested in doing um, culinary instruction. And she brought so much to this second cohort, things that we didn't do in our first cohort, like whole animal butchery. Um, and fermentation. Which is what they're known for, right. really. I mean, right. that's, that's... So Jesse came yeah. and, and did a, a whole day um, in service. And then we had um, Chris Carpenter from The Pint come and show them how to make sausage and smoke sausage in a smoker at The Pint. And we gave our students so many different um, experiences. So they walked away with knife skills and cooking skills and a a whole host of other kind of skills that um, your average starting chef doesn't have, as well as serve safe kitchen manager certification, a food handler certification, um, and of course the certification that they completed a 12-week course. They put in 240 hours during those 12 weeks. Um, They intern at Stone Soup Cafe, so they learn how to cook for a large number, banquet style, as well as the meal that you had, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, they served family but tapas style yes, it uh, was meal. Incredible, really and, incredible. And it was amazing to watch them curate. I love that word. Not just the space, but every aspect of it. So, what music was on the big um, flat screen TV with the you? There was a burning log, like it was a fireplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and how, which lights would be turned on and which lights wouldn't, and um, how many menu items there would be. And it was it was fascinating to watch them go through the whole process. It really took them about three weeks to work it all out and do all the recipe testing. And so what what is your hope of these graduates? You know, where where are th- what are they hoping? Right. As so, not only you, your hope, but right. where are they hoping to, to take these skills? Absolutely. So right back to our mission, right? Nourishment, connection, and learning for body, mind, and spirit. So we want to make sure that the devastated workforce of the food industry um, is rebuilt. And we want to make sure that people who need to be able to um, earn a living wage in something that perhaps is their passion, like food, um, have the skill set to be hired and know that they will be able to be quality uh, employees who really have a good grasp of knowledge. It's not like 
uh, we're we're hoping that our our graduates go in as dishwashers. We're hoping that our graduates are going on the line as line cooks, um, that they may be sous chefs in training, that um, they may decide to pursue some more education around food business and maybe open um, a food truck. Our, as a matter of fact, our very first um, instructor team was Brandon Shanty and Michael Phillips, and Michael Phillips has gone on to open up his own little food cart called Savory and Soul, and Hmm. Um, it's lovely, you know. So we we know that we know that our graduates are in the workforce, um, and they're creating to they're they're adding into our local economies, um, and that they're able to be successful. And so, how are the graduates coming to you? How are how are people applying? Or you know, is it is there going to be yeah. a third cohort? Well, we're hoping we have we have applied for another urban agenda grant. We do have a grant that's in participation with the Franklin County Sheriff's Department, um, and that will be for people that have been in the carceral system. Um, they call it justice involved. Let's just call it what it is: the carceral system. Yeah. Um, they they those people can participate 100% for free, and get us and make a stipend. And that that cohort should happen in the spring of 24, um, and until. Until then, we're not sure what we're going to do because we don't have funding, and it takes quite a bit of money to to fund the program. And as of right now, the participants are not paying to be a part yeah, of the 100% program. It's one hundred percent tuition free, and in in this last round and the next round coming, they also earn a living wage stipend for attending. Yeah. That's amazing. That's excellent. And so if people want to hear more about this program or learn more about you, what is your website again? Oh, thestonesoupcafe.org. Perfect. So we need to take another break. This is Tara Brewster. I'm with Kirsten Levitt of Stone Soup Cafe, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Kirsten Levitt of Stone Soup Cafe in Greenfield. We've been hearing all about their programs, their meals, um, the free store, the Culinary Institute. Um, it's just incredible the work that you're doing and the ways that you've grown over the past 12 years. So congratulations on Thank all that you, you so do. Much. Yeah, we, we appreciate having you in Franklin County and um, in Greenfield proper. But one thing that I'm really looking forward to that we haven't talked about yet that you do is the annual Harvest Supper, um, which is coming up on Saturday the 26th from 4 to 7 on the Town Common and Square in Greenfield. Yes. So this is an event that I inherited. And so I always try to honor um, those who have passed something along and so my very first thing to say is the it used to be called the Free Harvest Supper. And that's because Juanita Nelson, amazing black activist, farmer, and um, tax protester in Greenfield who farmed in a cold water shack in Woolman Hill um, and was part of the beginning of the Greenfield Farmer's Market, was sitting there musing one day with many of her compatriots, including um, Mary McClintock and uh, 
Maggie Zakara from Hope and Olive saying, I just wish that people would be able to know how beautiful the produce is here, how nutrient dense it is, and that everybody could sit down at a table and eat from what we grow. And you know, these people that were sitting around her, they were like, we can make that happen. Totally. We can totally make that happen, Juanita. <laughs> let's let's conceive this. And the Free Harvest Supper was born. And I think I got involved with the Free Harvest Supper in um, in its seventh or eighth year. And um, I, I had reached out to Maggie. I was like, hey, I have like 300 pounds of blueberries. How come you don't serve like blueberry crisp or cobbler or something at the Harvest Supper? You want me to make you some? And so there I was making, you know, <laughs> 14 trays of cobbler. And, and then the next year she was like, hey, do you want to make blah, blah? And so I, I got folded into the team and a call went out and they said, uh, if we don't get more volunteers to organize, we're probably going to stop this event. And I was like, absolutely not. We're going to keep this event going. And that was the year that after when the event was over, Maggie said to me, and next year you can do it all by yourself. <laughs> and I said, what? Are you kidding? And she's like, yeah, no, I've I've done it for 10 years. It's your turn. Um, and I and I had been in for three years yeah, already. So yeah. I, I had a clue. So um, what year is this one going to be so for you? Technically, this is the 19th, except that we had to not do it the first year of the pandemic. Um, or no, we, we had to cancel it because of Hurricane Henry two years ago. But um, but the reality is, is that so we're calling it the 18th, but. We're, we're close. We're almost at 20 years, and we'll have a big to-do then. But let me tell you about this. So what happens is is that farmers from all over the valley donate produce, donate products, donate meat that they've raised and, and had slaughtered and butchered, and um, donate flowers or baked goods or honey or maple syrup, whatever it is that they're donating. And we take all of that, almost like stone soup, and we look at all the things that we're gonna get and we make a chef's menu, usually about 14 items long. And we have a big, huge buffet on the town square and we serve 700 to 1100 people. Big, huge dinner, you can picnic on the grass or you can sit at the tables that we provide. There, everything is decorated. We have musicians, local musicians that come and do entertainment and half hour segments. We have um, activities for people to do. So this year I know we're having hula hooping. I know that we're having um, uh, some games like um, We're Not Really Strangers, which is a game about getting to know you. <laughs> <laughs> we are having um, cornhole. Um, except that it will be with soup pots and vegetables, uh, <laughs> stuffed ones, not real Fun. ones. <laughs> we don't want to waste that food. There will be or a, hurt anybody or hurt anybody. Absolutely, <laughs> there will be a community art project where people can just come and um, dip a paintbrush, which we'll provide, and the paint, and help create a community mural. We've done this three times now, and the murals are hung at Stone Soup um, every Saturday and and rotated and across the year. <laughs> Thank and um, and then, of course, we have the really, really free market. 
Now you're going to like, wait a minute, you have a free store. For Harvest Supper, all the extra food does not stay in the fridges back at Stone Soup. All of the extra produce all of it goes out under a tent for the really free market. And everybody is invited to come and help themselves to this bounty of our county. You know, it's all about sharing, right? You know, when you talk about the Stone Soup story, the end of the story, the old lady, and I always do this story in voices, so I'm going to do voice. She <laughs> says, these travelers make such a great soup out of a stone. And the soldiers say, out of a stone and a magic ingredient, sharing. And that's what Stone Soup's all about, right? We're we're 100% creating um, opportunities for us to share with each other in every way. And so Harvest Supper, we used to say it was like Stone Soup on steroids because we were doing like, you know, 200 meals and then 1,000 meals for this day. Well, now it's kind of like Stone Soup just a little bigger because we're doing six to 700 so meals. Now. And yes. we're, so we're gonna cook for 1,000, but we are gonna cook twice as many dishes um and so there'll be something for everyone there'll be omnivore dishes and vegan dishes and vegetarian dishes and this year i think it's really important to note um that for you know for 17 or 18 seasons farmers have given generously and farmers always are sharing did you know so that generous so amazingly generous and always sharing with us and yet this year especially, farmers have been hit with frost and tornado-like behaviors with winds and deluges of water. I just had a, a conversation with a farmer this morning where they let me know that they had to till under 95% of their crops this year and that they have a GoFundMe and that they can't donate. They were really upset that they couldn't donate. But um, we, we said this year, at least, at least a third of our proceeds, if not more, will go to farms that have been devastated. So we're looking for sponsors and we have a great sponsor, GSB just sponsored us. And we have other local businesses that are stepping up to help us help farmers and give back. So if we can pay for, if we can pay, we will. And if we, um, and if farmers can't give us anything, we'll we'll donate to the fundings. There's different fundings that we can utilize to help them. Um, and you know that's what community is all about: is sharing and giving back. And so I'm going to invite you, everybody that's listening, including Tara and Joan, to come on out. <laughs> Um, on our website, thestonesoupcafe.org, there are sign-up opportunities to volunteer at the Harvest Supper. We're going to have prep happening all week. So after work, come on over and chop-chop with us or come on and serve the meal. There will be uh, state and national representatives there serving alongside you. I'm so excited. And is the is the main intersection closed down? Mm -hmm. Great. I love it. That's going to be such a fun event. I'm really looking forward to it. So everyone, the 26th, Saturday, 4 to 7 on the Town Common in Greenfield, please join 
Kirsten and the Stone Soup Cafe for some fun. And this is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I would really like to thank our sponsors while we're thanking farmers and thanking Kirsten and thanking the community. Um, Greenfield Savings Bank, my employer, has been around for 154 years, doing really good work throughout Franklin and Hampshire County, hopefully around for another 154. And to Business West, thank you so much for all of the news and reporting you do for all of us. And Craig De La Pena, my neighbor in, uh, uh, in Florence on Chestnut Street, who is a great realtor and owns a Sugar Maple Trail Set Inn. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Thanks so much. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.